What is the one rule in the Pawnee Rangers handbook? Answer at the end of the episode. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee... I'm heard happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. And I will call my new Italian fast casual eatery the Locale Calzone Zone. You can trust me, because I don't care enough about you to lie. Everything I do is the attitude of an award winner, because I've won an award. I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Hello and welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. This is episode number 104 being recorded Saturday, January 27, 2024, and today I'm going to be talking about season four, episode two, Ron and Tammy's. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rack Memes. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. How is it going, everyone? The mood's a little bit better, I guess, even though the weather still kind of sucks here. It's just like gloomy and shitty, so it's like very depressing. But uh, at least it's warming up a little bit. It's like 40 degrees today, so I think I'm going to have to finally take down my Christmas decorations. Anyone still got theirs up? Anyone... Uh, still put Christmas decorations up. Um, mine, yeah, I, I got them up, uh, pretty early this year. However, like I said, they're still up just because the weather has sucked so bad. We got like insane amounts of snow, but it was like all over like a, a couple day period. And that's still been sitting, but now most of it is gone and it's going to be like in the forties for like the next week or so. So I don't really have any more excuses. So I'm going to have to get on the roof. I'm going to have to take down my lights and then I got to put away the, Santa Claus with the two uh, reindeer that we have out in our front yard. You know, those big, uh, I never thought I'd have one of those as like a teenager, you know, like fuck or fuck Christmas decorations and stuff. But, uh, you know, my, uh, my wife, she got me, uh, more into the spirit. So anyway, um, (laughs) but yeah, it's kind of funny actually, because my, uh, the, the two houses, when I look out my window across the street, they still have their lights up too. And it's like, I swear the three of us are just competing to see like who will break first and take theirs down. So it's probably going to be me, but if they're smart, they'll get out there today and do it too. While it is warm. Um, I got a message from uh, elf the other day, elf from Elmac, friend of the show. He messaged me. Uh, there's a new series on Netflix called brother's son, brother's son, like possessive. I had no idea what this was probably not going to watch it, but he just said he watched it. He enjoyed it. And he said, uh, Jay Jackson, who is of course, purred happily. He said that he appears in the TV series as wait for it. Wait for it. TV reporter. Yep. <laughs> I fucking love it. Like it, this has got to be like an inside Hollywood joke by now. I mean, like, because I, I talked about this on, uh, the, the citizens of Pawnee episode where I covered, I believe it was Perd Happley and Joan Calamazzo. I think I covered the two of them. It's one of the earlier episodes. It's like, it might even be in like the single digits. But anyway, I may have, if it's not that one, there is an episode where I talked about all the different roles that Jay Jackson has had 
as a TV reporter, like all the, I mean, like literally where he's just credited as like news reporter or TV reporter or like, you know, like on screen report, whatever it is. But he's like in the teens with that. It's hilarious. Like Fast and the Furious. And I like, cause I saw him in, uh, there was a, a TV show that I originally saw it in that I was watching and I saw Jay Jackson as a news reporter. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, is this, like, are they trying to make a joke like he's purred happily? And I looked it up and it didn't say anything about it. But then that's how I found out. It's like Jay Jack, because he used to be a TV. If I may have just said that, I'm sorry if I did. But anyway, yeah, he just he keeps getting pegged to play these roles. And it's just hysterical. Like, he'll just play, it's like, hey, look, there's Jay Jackson again. He's not playing purred happily, but it's it's I mean, that's probably the most iconic uh, TV reporter he's played. So. Um, but yeah, also looking through the cast of that uh, show, Brothers Son, uh, I saw that uh, Typhoon is in there also. Typhoon from season, uh, the later seasons of Parks and Recs, I think six and seven, uh, played by Rodney Toe, of course. Uh, so yeah, let me uh, some quick filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense and he's fooling them. All right, so what I'm trying to do really uh, quickly before I get into it with filler, I'm just trying to make this section a little more concise because I've kind of, I don't know, I just feel... I sometimes I just drone on way too long with the filler. So I'm just going to try to make them a little bit quicker. However, again, if even uh, you still just can't stand the filler for some reason, uh, which I get because you're here to listen to a Parks and Rec podcast. Uh, like I, you know, put I put the timestamps in there so you can just hit the one. Uh, it's usually the first timestamp in there that'll tell you like when the episode uh, is starting that at least that I'm covering. But anyway, quickly, I wanted to talk about the brand new Jason Statham movie, The Beekeeper. This movie fucking rules. I was so excited to, to have watched this movie. I had no interest in watching it. I would there was there was zero like I, I saw when it came out. The only thing I thought about was like, wow, that's a stupid name for this movie because I thought of other movies like The Accountant, the one with Ben Affleck, where it's like, okay, so this is just another movie where it's like the the name is just kind of like, oh, that's what he does, but it has nothing to really do with the movie. Like Ben, Ben Affleck being an accountant. Like, I think he's just an accountant. Who's also like a hitman. <laughs> I, I don't know. I did see that movie. I can't remember what the plot was. So I might be wrong. Maybe the whole plot was about accountants. Who knows? This one kind of has like a little bit of, there's a lot of B puns in this movie. I'll say, but I didn't think they were that bad because I think a lot of them were very factual, to be honest with you. They were, they were like using like, as the story was going, you know, Jason say would be like, well, the mother bee has to, uh, you know, like, and he would tell us something about, and then he would like do that. And you're just like, okay, that's kind of funny. It's kind of cheesy, but I'm learning too. I'm learning about bees. So this movie is John Wick. It is essentially John Wick, but it's just, um, I mean, like Jason Statham, he's not Keanu Reeves, but he's not like nothing. I mean, like he's still a, a reputable actor. And I mean, like, I've always liked Jason Statham. So uh, yeah, the, the Beekeeper. I would definitely check it out. It is very violent. It's rated R. It uh, again, just to, like I just said this, but if you like John Wick, I think you'd like this movie. Unless you're like a snob and you're like, this is just like a shitty version of John Wick. Like it knows it's not John Wick. It knows that because those movies, a very simple premise, but they just like the choreography so good. Well, Jason Statham is awesome too. He is an action star. I mean, he's like getting up there in age, and like now he just pretty much does like the Expendables movies and shit like that. Uh, and then the actually, and truth be told, it's like, I, I do like Jason Statham, but the last movie I started to watch with him in, I shut off. And that was Hobbs and Shaw, the one with 
him and the rock, I think is the other guy. But uh, yeah, it was like their fast and the furious spinoff. I got about two minutes into that movie and I just, it, just the opening like credits were just so irritating to me already. And it was like, I'm not watching this movie, but I do like stay them. And I like the rock as well. So anyway, check out the beekeeper. Uh, I think I was a little premature when I was telling all my friends right after I watched it. I'm like, this movie is a fucking 10 out of 10. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Come on, bro. You're crazy. This movie's like a 9.75, we'll say. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about Parks and Rec. All right, folks, I we have what I think is a really great episode here for you. Um, actually, I say it like, well, you know what, guys? This is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, this is an 8.6 on IMDb. Spoiler. So this is a very popular episode, and it's a very good episode uh, based on the fans, not just me. Uh, the episode we're talking about, Season 4, Episode 2, Ron and Tammies. That's plural, Tammies. Directed by Randall Einhorn, written by Norm Hiscock. So for our cold open, we start off in the conference room where Leslie tells everyone about the budgetary battle royale that's about to take place, where all the department heads meet to make their cases for more budget. Leslie has a secret weapon, though, and his name is Ron Swanson. Uh, she says that uh, <laughs> during these battle royales, if any other departments ask for money, Ron just stares them down until they basically just kind of whimper uh, and break eye contact and then withdraw their uh, <laughs> proposal for extra uh, budget. Uh, she heads over to Ron's office where he tells her that Tammy One is back. So we saw this at the end of the last. Actually, we saw this at the end of last season, season three. Uh, Little Sebastian, we saw when Little Tammy, Little Tammy, sorry, <laughs> mixing the two up there. Little Sebastian X Tammy, Little Tammy. But anyway, uh, Tammy showed up at the end of that one, and she wasn't in last week's episode, which was the season four finale, until the very, very end. Uh, so we didn't get to meet her yet, but we know that she is here and he tells Leslie that he's being audited. He also tells us about how much he despises Tammy one saying that she is behind uh, the audit. He kind of has figured that out already. And then the, like him pointing this out is just because she originally, when she came in, she said that she was there to help out, but obviously Ron knows that she's full of shit. So then Leslie enlists April and Andy to help go through Ron's papers. Out in the courtyard, Tom asks, or he doesn't really ask him, he just kind of like demands Ben's help to go over some of the numbers for Entertainment 720 since uh, Ben's an accountant, obviously. Uh, ben doesn't really agree, but he's like kind of roped in. So this is like one of the moments, and I feel like in season three, Tom was getting a little, like he, it's not like he, oh, Tom's likable, but at least he wasn't as unlikable, I think. Towards the end, at least, when it seemed like he was trying to really branch off and do something, he's kind of back to being a shithead here, and he will be kind of for the Entertainment 720 uh, run or arc, whatever you'll you'll call it. And I do, I really do like the E720 uh, storyline. It only goes for, I don't know, five, six episodes, uh, six, seven, eight, or maybe seven or eight episodes, actually. But here, it's just, yeah, Tom just being a prick to Ben. And you hate to see it because Ben's such a nice guy. And just the way Tom talks to him where then he's doing a talking head talking about it. It's like, ah, you know, Ben's such a dork and I knew he would help this. And then Ben's in the background and he's like, I can hear you. And, you know, Tom's like, I know you can. And then to us, he's like, that's how easy it is. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just it's more of Tom just being an asshole. But what else is new? All right. So uh, we're back to Ron's office where the group looks through his receipts. But they're not actually receipts. They're just like memos. Like he actually writes down his own receipt saying <laughs> things like I bought supplies 2007. That's it. 
Uh, he says he doesn't use banks and that he's got gold hidden all over Pawnee. Uh, there is one pattern, though. The same, re <laughs> the same receipt. Leslie finds this one. There's one receipt every month for one specific thing, and it's for ammo and cigarettes. Uh, and it's for Ron's mom. This is the first mention, at least I think, of Ron's mom, who we will meet in this episode. Ron tells us that her name is Tamara, but she goes by, you guessed it, Tammy. <laughs> and then he kind of looks at us like, what? I don't understand what the big deal is. <sighs> so, you know what we haven't had in a while? We haven't had a good Ann and Chris storyline, uh, not since their breakup. And uh, let me tell you, folks, spoiler, we're still not going to get one here. <laughs> they have... All right, so Anne is in charge of making a new public health video because the former director of health, who retired at 46, by the way, because of diabetes, uh, Anne, for some reason, thinks that Chris would be perfect uh, to reshoot this video because the one that she's watching is just this dude talking. And it's like, he's obviously a terrible actor. He's just like, hello, my name is Walt Morfling. And I'm the director of it's terrible. And like, it's a VHS copy. So, you know, you can see like the, like the tracking lines, like jumping in between. It's, it's so good. So anyway, Chris agrees to do it. However, Anne is like immediately regretting her decision because Chris is just full bore, like right off the bat. So speaking of Walt Morfling, which is the guy's name, I have to point this out because I thought it was so funny the first time I saw this. I highly doubt this is intentional. I didn't look at like uh, the, the time comparisons. However, I think it would maybe make sense. The first time I've heard the word Morfling was in the Hunger Games. Uh, in that world of Pan Am, uh, Morphlings are people who are like basically drug addicts, like junkies. We would call them, we would say junkies. Morphlings are the people in this world who have just, they, it, and it's usually like, it's, it's a kind of like a pandemic thing where, yeah, like, like it is here, I guess in, in the, anywhere in the world, it's just like a national thing where like people, it, it's just, it's, it's a huge problem. And, uh, but anyway, I just thought it was so funny because they used the name Morphling. Now, I highly doubt that they took it from the Hunger Games, but if they did, it's so funny to me because, again, these are like junkies, like like drug addicts, and this is the guy's last name who is the director of health, on top of the fact that Les or, uh, Ann just told us that he has diabetes, which that's, I mean, sometimes it's genetic, but diabetes sometimes could go with, you know, like, I mean, the guy does look a little he he uh, heavier. He looks very unhealthy, so... I, I think they're implying that it's like, yeah, this was his lifestyle style that got that. And obviously it makes the joke funnier that he was the director of health. But again, just the, the fact that his last name is Morphling is so funny to me. All right. So now we're at the E720 headquarters, which we saw at the end of season three. It's uh, a gigantic gymnasium sized X airplane hanger. I think that's what they said. I think he said it's an airplane hanger. Uh, that is loaded with fancy amenities, beautiful women, NBA stars, uh, including Detlef Shrimp. We saw him last time. And then uh, Roy Hibbert, who is also uh, an NBA all-star. And of course, John Ralphio, who comes in hot as always. He renames Ben Angelo, then changes Angelo to Jello Shots. We see Tessa again. We saw her, uh, I think that was also at the, no, it was last episode when Ben got in there and she told him, uh, or no, no, it was uh the, yeah, the end of season three. Wow, I'm so sorry. But yeah, Tom introduced us her as, uh, you know, Tessa. And she's just like, I need petty cash. My phone cover is disgusting, you know. And he's like, go dive for it. And then she had to, like, go into the cash toilet. Which we'll find out more about that cash, actually, in uh, just, a, just a few seconds or in, in a little bit here. So... 
Ah, where am I at? I am uh, totally sidetracking. But yeah, uh, Tessa, she's the receptionist, or at least she thinks that's what her job is. Because when Ben asks if she's the receptionist, she's like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. However, he asks her how much she is making. And she says that they're paying her $100,000 a year plus full medical. So Ben is completely dumbfounded. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, also, this woman's an idiot because like, I'm guessing it was just like, hey, guess what? We're going to pay you this. Like, there's probably nothing written down. None of this is on paper. So it's just insane. All right. So I got to do like a little bit of a deep dive here. Not really uh, a deep dive, but I did a little research on this because I have always talked on this show about how ridiculous Entertainment 720 is. It's a fun storyline, but the the cash flow aspect never makes any sense. Now, we know that Tom, you know, he's not broke, but Tom, the most amount of money Tom had uh, that we know of was, was when he put that money in the snake hole lounge and he put like four grand in. I think that's what his, that's what he could afford. So we know that this money isn't coming from him to start Entertainment 720. And also they talked about it at the end of Little Sebastian that John Ralphio, he got the money because as we know, he got run over by Alexis. By Alexis. And I love that too because, so I started thinking, all right, we don't, I can't remember what they said his settlement was for getting hit by the Lexus. We also know that at one point, I think the amount was $100,000. John Ralphio was paid uh, from a, a haunted house company because he had enough money to get him lawyers. Yeah. To win a hundred thousand dollars because this haunted house was too scary, <laughs> too scary. He won a hundred thousand dollars in a haunted house. It's awesome. And then we also know that John Ralphio will be getting money. I think he said when he turns 40, that's when like his, his, uh, uh, it kicks in like the, the will from his grandfather. So, but yeah, so this never made sense to me though, how much money they have, like the, 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 the rent for this warehouse, this isn't now, I don't know. I've never like paid rent on like a, a, a business like this. So I don't know how much time you have. If it's like you start up and everything, and then like, you don't pay, you don't pay. How many months can you go before they finally come in and just say like, all right, get the fuck out. We're seizing this property. Cause a lot of times like it's going to take time to get there. It's going to take at least a couple weeks. I don't know if like they come up the day of, and it's like, get out. But anyway, let me get to what this this little dive I was talking about here. So I wanted to know how much money are they paying Roy Hibbert? Because he actually, he comes on and that's when Ben's just like, like we've already seen Detlef Shrimp. So he's not like the big draw here because we saw him in the, the telethon episode. Now, Roy Hibbert comes on and Ben is just like, holy shit. Like he points that out. He's like, he doesn't call him by name because Ben doesn't know, but He's just like, that's a professional basketball player. He plays for the Pacers. And Tom's like, yeah, since the NBA is on strike, we're getting for him. We're getting him for like a quarter of his salary. Okay. So went back and checked. This is factual. And this, all of this lines up. This is actually great writing and great timing for the release of this episode. This episode was released where, what do I have that done? I think it was. August, what do we have here? All right, well, either way, it was, uh, no, it was September 29th, okay? That's when this episode was released. The NBA strike went from July 1st of 2011 to December 8th of 2011. So this episode fell, like, right in the middle, almost smack dab in the middle of that strike. So I love there that it lines up because it's like, okay, this is true. Roy Hibbert is on strike right now. So when this episode was released, us people heard that and were like, Okay, wow, that's good writing and good timing because the NBA is actually on strike. It's not like, oh, they resolved that already. 
Anyway, okay. So then the other thing he says is that we're getting him for a quarter of his salary. So I went out and I checked Roy Hibbert's salary in 2011-2012, that season, and it was roughly about $2.5 million. That's how much money he was making. So doing the math divided by four, that comes out to about $625,000. So that is apparently how much money they are paying Roy Hibbert to hang out at E720. No idea what they're ha- uh, paying Detlef Schrump. He was retired by this time, I think. I'm pretty sure he was retired by this time. So obviously uh, he wouldn't have a, a salary in the NBA, but I don't know. I mean, like 625. And then we do see, we, we see Roy Hibbert again uh, at the end of the world uh, in that episode, which I think that's episode five, actually. So that, that might be how long the E720 thing goes. But anyway, we will see Roy Hibbert again, handing out, he's actually he's literally just there standing next to a wall with like different shelving like just shelf platforms with shrimp that he's just he's handing out to people because he's the only one there that's tall enough to reach this stuff so and then we see him again in uh season five and all right so and then this is where this kind of tracks a little bit in season five the episode two parties that's when they're doing the bachelor party and the bachelorette party for uh leslie and ben respectively or i had that backwards but either way we see Roy Hibbert again. We see him at the restaurant and this is for, what is it? This is, I can't remember because everyone has their own different, uh, I, I believe this is Ron's. Yeah, because they're at a steakhouse. So it's his uh, idea to go there. But Roy Hibbert, he picks up their tab. However, he says, accept that guy. And he points to Tom. He's like, he still owes me money. I'm not paying for his. So there you go. I think that kind of, like how much does he owe him though? Has he paid him anything? And I, is it one of those things where Roy Hibbert's just like, I got enough money. I don't care about this because after I believe this 2011, 2012 season is when he got a new contract. So it actually, um, yeah. And he has a two-time all-star, so he's a legit uh, player and he's awesome. So that's, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And I wanted to figure out if I could at least figure out how much I wanted to figure out if I could figure out how much money they are paying him. Because when we see the party in a few episodes, you're going to, you're going to watch it. If you've never seen this, if you're watching the episodes weekly with, with us, you're going to be like, how the fuck do they afford all this based on the money that they say they have? And it makes no sense. All right, let's get back into this episode, back over to Ron's office where him, Leslie, April, and Andy are going over the paperwork. He tells them that he has known Tammy one for his whole life. In fact, she helped deliver him. This is an awesome scene with a great, like just great timing by uh, Leslie, Andy, and April. Because when Ron's like, she helped deliver me, Leslie and April both say, oh my God, like they're disgusted. But Andy says, oh my God, like it's beautiful. Like it's a beautiful thing that this woman helped deliver him. So it's so funny hearing, and you can see Leslie and April's faces and then Andy's right in the middle and it's just the exact opposite, but it all, like they all say, oh my God, at the same time, it is done so well. All right. Um, so like this, I know this is played like for, for like laughs. But this is a really, really fucked up story with Ron and Tammy one, because he tells us that they started dating when he was 15 years old. Okay. That's pedophilia that I don't care how you say it. Like, even like if it's, I I mean, like based on the law, yes, that is like, you're involved with a minor and I'm guessing 100% that they were having like sexual relations here. So it's just, it's a fucked up story. And like, I can see Leslie and them like they're, 
they're like kind of hearing the story like andy is still like intrigued by this and he thinks it's like a cute story and maybe i'm going like too hard just like oh this is pedophilia but i mean it is it's really fucked up and he even says that it was a small town so everyone knew he, uh, knew everyone knew everyone and they all knew about this relationship they knew that this woman was dating and probably having sexual relations with this minor However, he said that everyone in town was just too afraid of her, so no one ever said anything. So it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen this episode in a while or like remembered that part of it that it was like, yeah, like he would, this whole story with Tammy one, it's funny, but it is very, very dark and it's fucked up. And like when you actually think about it, like this could be like a Dateline episode. (laughs) So, all right. Uh, so then um, she finally arrives. Uh, you can just feel like all the energy gets sucked out of the room because Ron is in the middle of talking and he just like you, you literally hear the when she, when Tammy one walks in and everyone is just silent. So you get a really funny scene, though, because Leslie, she stands up and she's just like, hi, I'm Leslie. Nope. You know, deputy or uh, parks, director, whatever she is. I can't remember at this time. She goes to shake Tammy one's hand and Tammy one barely even makes eye contact with her and she just says i don't think it will be necessary for you to speak again while i'm here and leslie just like i mean it's funny too because you can see april kind of reacting to this like she thinks it's all hilarious and then uh like april doesn't feel her wrath actually like we'll see in a second april's the only one that she doesn't like uh tammy one doesn't directly talk to however we saw it last week remember when she walked out and she's like sit up straight you're not doing your breast any favor so it's like she did help her out but she was also like scolding her um so anyway she starts uh yeah she just she again she tells ron that she's there to help him out and she is demanding access to all of his bank accounts she's like i want to live with you for now i'm going to help you get this taken care of otherwise you're going to go to prison she starts barking to orders (laughs) barking orders to everyone and there's another great line where leslie's like um do you uh, do do you think that maybe this because remember they still have that battle royale thing that leslie's like we still got to do this thing you know the to the, the budgetary thing i talked about in the beginning so she tells Tammy one like, well, we, you know, we have to get to the budgetary meeting. And she's like, oh, that's a great idea. She's like, I- I'm sure Ron will like that when he's making toilet wine in some some prison in Terre Haute. <laughs> it's just great. Like, she's just so fucking mean. And like, Leslie just, okay, <laughs> just walks away. She just scampers off. So, okay, uh, where are we at? Uh, so then we get, uh, we get a title card. Screen goes black and it just says one week later. Ron comes strolling into the parks department. He's whistling Dixie. He's in a great mood. He's wearing a pastel striped shirt. So like, it looks like it's Easter time uh, for Ron Swanson and he's missing something. Like what the hell? What the fuck? Why does he look so different? His mustache is gone. It's gone. His mustache is gone. It's kind of funny actually, because if you'll remember uh, three episodes ago in little Sebastian, two episodes ago, little Sebastian, his mustache was burned off from the fire. So I wonder in between in that one episode, if it was a fake mustache, if last week's episode, I'm Leslie. Nope. Because maybe, yeah, maybe he shaved for that. And they're just like, Hey, we're going to have you without the mustache anyway. So it would make sense to me. All right. Uh, this is not the Ron Swanson. We know though, this is just nuts. He's like, he, 
he's being nice. He's being nice to people. He like calls Jerry out. He's just like, hey, Jerry, how you doing, buddy? Hump day, am I right? <laughs> like does like finger guns and everyone is just like, what the fuck is going on? Like everyone is super confused. Uh, we find out though in the past week, Tammy One has moved into Ron's house and she has turned or she's basically she's made all of his bank accounts now joint bank accounts like for him and her. So now we're back over to Ann and Chris who are still making that public health video. Um, I just, I have to point out Chris's hair again. I talked about it last week. So yes, this is that uh, era or that little, uh, I, I think it's only a few episodes now. And, and I posted on the Parks Rec memes page, a picture of this and just said, it's like, what was going on with this scene. So I actually did get a little clarity here and I probably could have just Googled this, but I thought it was more just like a, a decision for whatever reason for them to make his hair like wacky. Uh, there were some theories, like some people were just like, well, that we thought this was more of, because uh, there were there were more than just one person who pointed out, it's like, well, I thought that was maybe his mental status at that point, you know, because that was around the time with like Millicent Gergich and, and all that stuff. That actually isn't till like later on in the season. This is actually really the only thing that's going on is he's kind of like an Ann Perkins again. So that has nothing to do with it. But then uh, a couple other people said, and uh, what I believe it was, is that he was, it was like he, it was a wig because he was doing for a different role. Or uh, I saw that he also had hair extensions. I should have done this research, but you know me, I don't, I do a lot of half-ass research unless it's about Roy Hibbert and his salary. So anyway, but yeah, I just had to point out Chris's hair again, even if it's a wig though, like what the fuck, why did they do that? Like give him a good wig, make his hair look good. So I'm, I'm still giving him shit for that, but all right. Uh, so anyway, though, uh, Chris seems to be doing a great job. Uh, then we find out that he's actually done many great jobs because Anna's like, yes, that was a good one. Just like the last 20 we've done already. And they've all been usable, but he wants to be perfect. So even after she tells him that they're good, he uh, he keeps like doing, <laughs> you know, he keeps adjusting more. Like he says, he's like, all right, fine. I, I understand what you're saying. And but we'll just do one more then five more then 20 more. Yeah, <laughs> I love his intensity there. That reminds me of the episode uh, in season five. Again, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one where Chris Leslie and Jam, uh, Jeremy Jam, when they go uh, mini, mini golfing. And then they go and they do the, the karaoke. Oh, wait, maybe that's not the mini golf one. No, that's a different one where they go mini golfing. But this is one where they have to hang out with Jam. And they hang out with him at his house. And then they end up going to do karaoke. And there's doing uh, Summer Love or Summer Love or Summer Love or whatever it's called. The one that's in um, Greece. And... So they're at a karaoke place where they record the performances. So Chris goes up to the person running the booth and he's like, oh my God. He's like, this is amazing. He's like, I need 10 of those tapes. No, 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 20, no, 50. He's like, oh my God, what am I, insane? 20. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, yeah, it just reminded me of that, him rifling off numbers like that. So uh, back to the Entertainment 720 headquarters. Ben has a talk with Tom and John Ralphio kind of like he asked them exactly like he's like what do you I, I have to ask you guys how do you make money here so let me tell you how these fucking idiots make money they literally print their own money so that's what i was talking about when i said before when tessa dives into not dives in they tell her it's like go diving but she but in that that glass toilet they have with all the petty cash is that real money like is that legit cash or is it this idiotic shit that they have that literally has their faces printed on it. Now, I would give them a pass for a second because 
you would think, all right, maybe this is promotional because Tom says we go into restaurants and we just, or into like clubs or whatever. And we just throw the shit in the air and we tell everyone, um, what the, what the hell did they say? They just, either way, they just throw it up in the air, like, and tell everyone that this is like the, the real money. And Ben's like, no, he's like, this is the stupidest fucking thing. What are you idiots talking about? So they have this, this printing, this big ass printing press that is like, you know, like I said, printing out these sheets of fake money. Ben's like, he's like, no, you know what? We're shutting this down. And he hits this black button, this like large black button that is connected to the thing. And folks, I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say it every episode. Every episode has one of my favorites. And I think a lot of you are, this is one of the funnest, not funniest. It is hilarious, but I want to say funnest parts in the entire series because when ben hits this button a giant bell rings like an alarm however music just starts fucking blasting through all of the all of the speakers in this warehouse this giant warehouse and every single person in there stops what they're doing and they just start dancing it is so oh my god i mean like first of all they're, like John, uh, um, Ben Schwartz, and like even like uh, Aziz and Zari, but he his his dancing is more comical. But like Ben Schwartz is a good dancer. Like you can tell he's got really good rhythm, just like how he's you know uh, 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 he's a great dancer. I can admit it. But that when the, you see like you see the ridiculousness of it, like all the like even like Tessa, you see her, and then all these other employees that have been like sitting around doing nothing, they just like rise out of their slumber and just start kind of shuffling up dancing, and it's so fucking funny because like even you see the caterers they put their trays down and they kind of start getting in on it roy hibbert's dancing it's so funny so then finally ben's just like what the fuck and he hits the button to make it stop and it's like everyone's just like oh you hear like a collective groan because they have to stop dancing so then ben's just like you know he gives him like a, a little bit more shit and then um John Ralphio, like he hits the button again, like just to kind of shut Ben up and they all start dancing. But it is so funny because it's the last thing you're expecting to happen. Like, because it, it legitimately looks like this printing press is connected and it's a big machine. So maybe you're like, okay, it's a big button, but it's like comically large, but it's like on the wall so you can see it. So it's not just like, oh, look, there's a button there for Ben to push. It's like, you see it first and you, yeah, you would probably assume too that it is connected to this machine. However, it's not, it's like the fucking party alarm or whatever they call it but it is so funny it's such a great scene all right uh so we go back over to the parks department uh leslie's just getting like pissed off like to, to see like what is you know like all this stuff with ron also he said that he's not going to be helping her with the battle royale he doesn't give her a reason my best guess is that tammy one is just like no he's getting too close to this woman kind of like diane lewis she points out in season uh five or six that she's not worried about Tammy too, who's like this sex crazed, like his ex-wife. She's worried about his relationship with Leslie because it's like, Leslie, you're the one that's like more maternal to him. And you're the one who acts as more of like a partner to him. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting, but I think Tammy one picked up on that too. And she's like, no, 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 I got it. Like I got to get her out of the picture. So when, <laughs> so when Ron actually calls her up and he's just like, Hey, can I go out to lunch with Leslie? Leslie slaps him. And it's just like, damn, but Leslie has a, um, a pattern of slapping men when it comes to like Tammy's, because remember in season seven, when Jeremy Jam mentioning him again, shout out one of the best villains in the show, when he starts dating Tammy too, 
Uh, same reason Tom Haverford does out of spite to Ron and the same reason she starts dating them too, just to make Ron jealous, even though he's not. Uh, ta- uh, the, the the episode where they, they take Jeremy Jam to one of Ron's cabins and Leslie keeps spritzing Tammy's perfume and then slapping him so that it's like, you know, the the what is that called the pavlov's dog kind of thing you know when you're associating like a bell with getting a treat this is he's associating getting fucking slapped really hard every time he's like he gets that scent of tammy too so uh but yeah i just thought those were similar it's pretty funny all right so then leslie makes him go out to lunch with her um like i said even after uh tammy says that he's not allowed to she's like fuck you we're going and uh, it's kind of funny. So at the lunch, uh, we see that Tammy has joined them because Leslie's talking to Ron. And then it just like pulls out. And it's another one of those funny scenes where she, Leslie's like talking shit about Tammy one, but she's sitting right there. And, and I, it's just funny to me because Leslie's kind of terrified of Tammy two, But I think with Leslie or, or with Tammy one, after that initial meeting, Leslie is now just like, screw you. She's like, I'm not afraid of you. I don't care if Ron is because she knows like Tammy two is insane. Like Tammy two will come after her, but Tammy one hasn't done anything physical yet that we know of. We'll find out about something, but it has nothing to do with Leslie. But yeah, I I just, I like this scene because Leslie tells her to her face. She's like, you're evil. And I think you need to leave. Like, just get the fuck out of here. Like you're, you're, you're bad for everyone. So Ron goes to the bathroom, of course, after he has to ask Tammy if that's okay. And Leslie, well, I'm sorry, uh, Tammy reveals her evil plot, which is like, we all knew this anyway. And she's just back in town, of course, to get Ron's money. And she wanted, she's doing all this auditing bullshit, which she says, yes, it's not real. It's fake. But as Ron suspected, but she says, I just had to kind of like look into his finances and see if it was good because she just wants to like get back with Ron because she wants his money obviously. So she just wants to be secure. So who knows if, if this ever panned out, if she would stay with him or divorce him and take all his money, but I don't know. All right. Back over to entertainment 720. Ben goes over the finances with these dumbasses and tells them that the company will go under in about a month. And then he just leaves pissed off because they're just like, you know what, Ben, thanks, but no thanks. They, they're, they don't, he's telling them what they don't want to hear. So they're like, yeah, screw it. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Uh, thanks. Yeah. You can go. You're free to go. So he just leaves. All right. And then uh, I just, I guess I just have to include it because I break down the entire episode. We just get like a couple more clips of uh, Chris and Anne sprinkled in. They're not that funny. They're just like getting annoying at this point because it just quickly keeps cutting back to Chris, just like, Hey, just being so intense that you're like, all right, like we, we don't need this. Like actually like it, we had been away from this for quite a while with other funny, important things. So when it comes back to this, you're just like, man, like let's get these two involved again in a non-stupid storyline. Like it's, it's not a dumb storyline. It's just not that funny and not that entertaining. Like I like that. Anne is, has to redo the public health video because the former public health, uh, uh, had the the guy in charge got diabetes because he was so unhealthy. So that was funny, but I mean like, yeah, it just, it kind (laughs) of cuts into the rest of the episode. All right. So in a crazy turn of events, Leslie, April and Andy, and this is Andy's idea. So, you know, like I said, he does have some good ones here and there. They have enlisted the help of Tammy too. Actually, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Andy's idea comes after this one, but they're like, they go to Tammy too at the library and it's funny because she immediately just starts hitting on Andy. She's like, who's this tall, tall glass of water? What's your name? You know? And he's like, Andy. And he's like, very just like, kind of like 
pure and like sweet you know and she's like and he like kind of already like implying it's just like yeah i would i would bone you dude so uh she tells us so that there's not much she can do when it comes to tammy one and she says that when they started dating when okay I'm going to try. This is where it can start getting confusing. And I apologize because it's like Tammy one, Tammy two, and then we'll soon get a Tammy zero. I'm not going to call her that, uh, but that is what <laughs> one of her nicknames. But all right. So when Tammy two started dating Ron, this, of course, was after Ron was already divorced from Tammy one. Tammy one attacked Tammy two and threw acid on her foot. I love the specificity specificity. Is that the word behind this that she's like no she's and tammy dude just goes no nah, that bitch is crazy she threw acid on my foot so i love that now she has a deformed foot and so does ron actually because remember he had his toe shot off from his brother his pinky toe so he only has nine toes so hey maybe that's why they uh maybe that's why they got along so well they have uh, a common thing in uh, deformed feet all right, so this is what I was talking about now because yeah, Tammy too says that she's she's like, I'm not helping. There's nothing I can do here. So then Andy, like I said, he has a great idea. They go and they see Ron's mom, who is played by the absolutely hilarious Paula Pell. I know, not Paula LaPell, Paula Pell. Okay. Uh, I know her from the show uh, Bio AP. Was it Bio AP? Is that what it was called? I think it was called Bio AP, right? Or AP Bio, that's it. The one with the guy from... Um, Always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, always sunny in Philadelphia. She's fucking hilarious in that show. She's like the 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 principal's uh, secretary or his like administrative assistant. She's just great on the show because she's so like happy go like she's like a Jerry Gergich type. Actually, she's very much so like Jerry. Just very happy. Kind of says a lot of dumb things. Like is the butt of a lot of jokes. But they ugly her up so much in this episode that when you see like if you've never seen this woman or if you're unsure who this is you might even when you see the picture of her be like oh my god that's who that is so look up paula pell just spelled like that p-e-l-l uh she's a very like she's a beautiful actress she looks nothing like this and she is absolutely hysterical this is the only episode she's gonna be in though so uh, she is actually ha really happy though, that they came to get her because she knows about like Ron's crazy taste and these, these awful women. <laughs> when Andy finds her room full of guns, like literally he just walks in and he's just like, Oh my God. Leslie asks about the room of guns and we get the most fucking American answer ever. Ron's mom, who I said before, uh, her name is Tamara, but we also call her Tammy zero. Her answer is we're in America, right? That I don't have to answer stupid questions while standing on my own property. So uh, later on, Ron and Tammy one return to the office to find Ron's mom waiting for them. So she's just sitting at the little, uh, not the conference room table, but that little one just, you know, right there. So apparently there is a new battle royale that Leslie just came up with, and it involves Ron's mom versus Tammy one in an old fashioned prairie drink off. Ron's mom has a jug of a swat. She has a jug that is filled with, uh, well, Ron just, he keeps like talking about this. It's a Swampson family liquor concoction and it's only legal use is to strip varnish off of speedboats, uh, according to Ron. If Tammy one wins, she gets Ron and she just kind of, things don't change. And if Ron's mom wins, he goes back to the farm, which is funny because that's when Leslie's like, or, or you know, Tammy one's like, oh, if he wins, he stays with me. And she's like, and then Tammy zero is like, well, and if I win, Ron comes back to the farm. And like, Leslie says the same thing we do. Like, what the fuck? Like, wait, that wasn't part of the deal. So don't worry. That doesn't happen. But it was still just kind of like, that's not 
happening. Like Ron's not going with you. So I thought that was great. Uh, but then uh, Leslie, she jumps in because she's just, just in case. She's just like, you know what? I, I have to drink for Ron's honor as well. So if I win, Ron's going to stay at the parks department with us. And we get one of the best Amy Poehler physical jokes here where they all, they do their first shot. They take this drink and Amy Poehler's face, you immediately, it almost looks like she's having a stroke the way that her mouth just kind of turns crooked. And she's just like, poison, <laughs> poison. That's what I said. If you didn't hear, if you couldn't make that up, but she calls it poison. And it takes her like five seconds to get this out because she's still trying to like, get this, like, like she's like that's the first when she can finally react and what comes next is the funniest thing because she's just like i made a mistake i made a mistake like she immediately knows about the severity of what she just got herself into but i just i find it so funny because kind of like with ron when you were like when you saw uh at last week's episode how he was reacting to see it like that tammy one was here that were just like Oh my God, like what is like what is so bad about this woman? The way Leslie reacts to drinking this shot when she's like, I made a mistake, she immediately knows that it's like this was a bad fucking decision. So I just love that they're gonna hammer it home for us, the viewer, like how bad this is. All right, so uh back to Chris and Anne. Chris notices a small stain on his shirt, and he's like, Okay, we need to reshoot everything. Anne is like so dejected by this point. She like barely even reacts. And guess what? Neither do we as the viewer because it's just like, all right. Like these scenes with Chris and Anne, they come in and they're like 15 seconds long. And it's literally just to kind of like be like, hey, remember, they got something going on here too. All right. Uh, over to the parks department. The prairie drink off continues. Leslie, by this point, is completely hammered to where she's like almost seeing things. Uh, and she's like basically ducked out. She, like they kind of. Yeah, they counted her out. It shows a really funny scene of her in her office where she's just kind of like stomping around drunk as shit, like playing like she's like holding something and using it as a shield. And she's got like a little sword. And then she picks up some little toy. Who knows where this even came from? But it's like probably just a little action figure or something she had on her desk. But she's like, what is that? And she's like showing the camera. And it's just like a little baby, but she's like terrified of whatever it is. It's a really funny scene. All right, so, uh, but then back with Chris and Anne, they finally finished the video, and, you know, she's kind of being sarcastic with him, or, like, kind of, like, shitty a little bit, just because she's like, I, we've been doing this for hours, and, like, we didn't have to be, so when she's like, yes, all right, great, we're done, we had it, we had it hours ago, he's like, He's like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm really sorry, Ann Perkins. I, I just wanted to try my hardest. In it. And he gives like one of those like nice apologies. And she's like, that's okay. Because the whole time she keeps saying like, I can't remember why I ever dated this guy. And then she's like, that's why I dated him. Because he gives like a really great answer. And he's like, and thank you for your patience, Ann Perkins. And he's like, so nice and everything. But you're still just like, yeah, but it was still like uh, obnoxious and very annoying of him. And like, just very like a waste of time for Anne when this could have been done in like 10 minutes. So it's nice that, you know, like he's so cordial with her, but it's still just like, yeah, but you, you waste of time. So, hey, I bet you guys forgot about Tom and Ben. <laughs> yeah, they're still in this episode too. Uh, and you know what? I guess not. Maybe when I wrote this down, it was just taking me a lot longer. So it seemed that because obviously the, the Ron and the Tammy thing, is the uh the, the biggest part about it but 
Tom apologizes to Ben saying that he was right about the possible bankruptcy thing uh, looming because Tom's like, yeah, after you left, we hired five accountants to come in. And I love that Ben right there is just like, my God, he's like, that's one of your biggest problems right there. You hired four too many accountants. You know, it's like you need one. So, yeah, they all came in and they said the same exact thing. They're just like, you're going to go broke after like a month. Uh, So Tom actually thanks Ben and he even gives him an iPad that he paid for with his own money. Who knows how the hell Tom could afford an iPad after he just bought this company. So uh, back to the drink off. This is a great scene, too, where April decides that she's going to step in for Leslie because, like I said before, she's pretty much ducked out. April's like, I'm Puerto Rican. I can take it. She takes one little swig, and it's just like, beep, like her responding, probably just saying, like, what the fuck did I just drink? She spits it out. It is so funny. And then she just keels over in the background and she's just like, like, she doesn't throw up, but I mean, it's so funny. But then after Ron sees this, he's, and I love that it's like after April gets sick, that's when he finally steps in and he's like, no fucking, this is enough. He grabs the entire jug, what's left of it. And real quick, Elf, you'll remember this one. This was years back when I covered what, why did I, I Oh, it was when I was doing the episode just about the Tammies when I was covering them. And I talked about this part and I think I said it was like a five gallon jug. And it was so funny that that Elf from Melmac pointed out to me, he's like five gallon jug. I think you're off there, but because he was talking about that's like the size of like the fucking the Gatorade coolers that they pour on coaches at the end of football games. So this was probably more just like. Uh, you just think of like the, the old school jugs, like of, of moonshine. I, I don't know what size they are, but Elf, uh, you'll probably remember that. Thanks for calling my bullshit. It was pretty damn funny. But anyway, uh, Ron does this. It's so great where he, uh, he's he got like one finger in the little uh, the loop handle. And then the rest of the jug is just resting on the crook of his arm. And he just lifts it up and he drinks this whole thing that would legitimately, I think this much... Because I, I, it's like moonshine. So, I mean, like, think of it as like Everclear, like pure alcohol. Because Ron, like the other time he talks about, like, it's how you remove warts from horses, I think. And then also, like, to remove, like, the shells off of snails. Something like they're, they're really crazy. But, like, what, what Ron's family uses this stuff for besides, like, drinking, apparently. But I, most people would probably die drinking how much Ron. I mean, like, if you just think of regular alcohol. Like 40, 40%, you know, like 80 proof liquor, which is pretty, pretty basic. Drinking as much as Ron drank in that one sitting would no joke kill most people. I'm not even, I'm not joking because it was such a huge amount, but to him, it's like drinking water, which is so funny. And I I kind of thought about it in the show and it's like, how many times do we see Ron Swanson drunk in this show? And I think it is one time. I can think of two times that involve alcohol, but one, the one when he, when he gets shot in the head in the, in the hunting episode, however, that's mixed with a lot of pills. So I think I'm not going to say it's like, okay, he's drunk. The only other time I can think of when Ron is hammered is from drinking snake juice in that episode when he does that. So please point out to me, anyone. Oh, well they showed, there's a couple like montage type scenes with Tammy too, where it shows him getting married and stuff that you're like, maybe they're drunk, but I think it's more just like Ron, like high on fucking sex. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, seriously, if anyone can think of any other times, they actually show Ron Swanson drunk, not under the influence of like pills or other drugs, just alcohol. Let me know, call me out. So, all right. So then <laughs> after Ron finishes this, it's great. He puts the jug down and he's just like, mom, you're going back to the farm. 
And you over to Tammy one. He's like, you're going back to hell. It's just, it's so perfect. And so she tries to get in the last word, telling Ron that she found all of his gold. And he's just like, no, that's decoy gold. It's like such a stupid conversation between these two, but it's so funny. Like, because it's like, no, it's gold. It's not real gold. And I forgot to point out earlier, uh, when, when they went out to lunch and Tammy one, like had to come with the tag along when Leslie tells Tammy one that you're a gold digger, digger. <laughs> or no, no, she's like, you're literally, a... no, uh, I'm sorry. Tom called himself a gold digger digger when he was talking about trying to get with Jessica Wicks because she was a gold digger. So he wanted to get with her and he'd be a gold digger digger. But Leslie actually tells Tammy one that you're our, a literal gold digger because she says that she's trying to find Ron's gold and she has to dig for it. So you are a literal gold digger. All right. But anyway, yeah, Ron just, uh, he, he keeps telling her, oh, well, that was fake too. And it's just like kind of a, a weird back and forth dumb. Like, oh, I found this. No, it's fake. It's fake. But then she she just tells him, and it's just a great parting word, like when she said it to April last episode about sitting up straight. She tells Ron, I was there when you were born, and I intend to be there when you die. So fucking good. So it's like she lost this one, but she still got that last word, and it was like, damn, dude. <laughs> like, I love that Ron just like, he has to look like, I don't know, when he did, when he uh, marries Diane Lewis, though, she's a pretty, uh, she's a tough chick, though, so I bet she could take out Tammy one pretty easily, so... All right, and then we just get the tag, which is kind of similar to, uh, was it last week's episode? Or it was similar to, I'm sorry, the, these three episodes are kind of all meshing together because it was like the Tammy one arc. She's done, by the way. This is the only episode she is in. I don't even think we mention her again unless uh, they talk about just Ron being married numerous times. But I don't even think they say Tammy one again. Anyway, yeah, at the end of the little Sebastian episode when Tom was showing us entertainment 720 he's like we got this and we got that and da, 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 da. so this is very similar to that except it's ben doing it now and ben is just like look there's a woman over there laying down i bet you she's making about a hundred grand a year and look at there's a there's a couch over there that tom said cost 20 grand and it's got a ceiling on it like so it's just it's it's very similar to that one so um it's more like i said you you watch it and you're just like it's so cool and fun watching entertainment entertainment 720 but even like again, and I can't keep saying it. I'm sorry. I can't keep saying it. I am going to keep saying it. Just how it doesn't make sense. But yeah. So anyway, that is the episode. Like I said at the beginning, I kind of spoiled this on IMDb. This is an 8.6, which I totally agree with. Uh, I think this is an awesome episode. My thoughts real quick. Uh, final thoughts. I like that we finally did meet all three Tammies. We've uh, the Holy Trinity there, the unholy Trinity, I should say. Uh, Tammy two, we'll see a couple more times. Tammy one is gone and uh, Ron's mom, Tamara Swanson slash Tammy zero. We won't see her again either, but it was awesome to have. And these are great. Uh, I mean, especially Patricia Clarkson, like her coming in. I can't remember if I said that that's who it was, the actress. Um, <laughs> admittedly, she's like this like famous, like, very accomplished and i know her from the fucking maze runner movies that's how i know her but <laughs> those were good movies i liked them anyway i'm moving on uh ann and chris still just kind of lame storiesville for these two kind of sucks but I, i'm trying to think like when things get fun for them again i think it's like yeah coming up more when ann is more linked with leslie for the election stuff it's great like especially with the pistol pete episode Oh, I can't wait for that one. It's so awesome. Uh, ben, and, uh, ben and Entertainment 720, like just him trying to deal with these idiots again. And that amazing dance scene again, 
it's so effing funny. I I should almost put a timestamp in here. Maybe if I think of it, I'll put a timestamp in this episode just to remind you. It's like, if you go to the episode, just watch this. But I'm guessing most of you have seen it anyway. So damn funny how just the choreography, like how everyone starts doing it. And again, what makes it the funniest to me is that even the caterers, the guys walking around with like, yeah, the champagne and stuff, they start dancing too. <laughs> it's It's amazing to me. Uh, and also just like how nonsensical Entertainment 720 is that, yeah, they have professional uh, basketball players there just to like hang out and shit. Uh, I got to say, honestly, though, that this is such a great episode. However, I would not want this episode I, like the Tammy one stuff. I'm very happy that it ended here. I do not like this version of Ron, like this neuter down version. And, and, and I get it. Like it's supposed to be a version that we don't like. However, yeah, that's I wouldn't want to see anymore. So I'm very happy that Tammy one is also only in that one episode. And I think it just kind of like makes her a little more mysterious that uh, it was looming like, hey, maybe she'll come back. Maybe she won't. So, yeah, great episode. Um, speaking of episodes, though, this one is wrapped up. If you'd like to contact the show, citizens of Pawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at citizens of Pawnee podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. Next week, I'll be covering season four, episode three, Born and Raised. Guys, I might have something in the works. No, it's not Parks and Rec related. Sorry for anyone who's like, wow, maybe he's going to do something interesting with this podcast. No, 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 no. This one's going to stay just as boring and mundane as it always is. Uh, But you guys seem to like it, I guess, except for maybe those of you who keep telling me the filler section sucks and stop doing it. But anyway, um, my buddy Sasha and I, Sasha, who I talk about a lot on this podcast, he is uh, over at Flips and Bumps, fill in there and work with him every once in a while. We might have something in the works. We're, we're working on a on a podcast. I'm not going to spoil anything now, and um, I don't expect you guys to listen, but I'm just letting you know that fun stuff is coming ahead. However, it has nothing to do with Parks and Rec. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll see you next week. In the Pawnee Rangers handbook, there's only one rule. Be a man.